Welcome to the Chair Yoga Podcast with me, Maria Jones. Knowledge and inspiration for teaching and practicing chair-based yoga. Welcome everybody to the Chair Yoga Podcast. Uh, today we have Gemma Black from the Yoga Hut in Fife and she will talk to us about uh, COVID and recovery from COVID, the fatigue associated with it. We will be talking about that because you have had COVID so far, haven't you? I have. I've had it, actually had it twice now, but the time that I'm going to be discussing today was November 2020. So it was still a fairly new thing at that point, still quite unknown. And obviously no vaccinations or anything like that were about. So yeah, it was my first experience with COVID that was the big one. And I had it again about five or six weeks ago. And it's not been as bad. It's not been anywhere near as bad, actually. My brother said to me, what was the difference? And I said, this time round, it was like having the flu. And the first time round, it was like alien abduction. <laughs> that was the difference. <laughs> It must have been really tough. But before we get to that point in your life where you got COVID in 2020, I can't imagine what it was like. I was hiding. Was I hiding still in November? No, in November, I wasn't hiding. I did receive a letter, though, to say that I shouldn't socialize for Christmas at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of the vulnerable. So I have had six vaccinations so far, which means that two are the first vaccine, then you've got a booster, then another two is the second vaccine, and another booster. So there are six. So it's not that yes. if you think about it in those terms, but yes, it is. I've had six vaccinations. And my son Goodness. has two, and yes, my family has had quite a lot in support of me. So I know that some of you can be a little bit anti-vaccine, but please protect everybody else as well when you get your vaccine it helps anyway, so what brought you into the space of teaching yoga Gemma because when did you finish your training actually I was about I, to I 2019 yeah 2019 I'd actually be doing been practicing yoga for a long time I, I moved to Scotland in 2020 and started practicing yoga I lived in Glasgow for two years we moved through to Fife and that was 2003. That was when I met my teacher, Maura Wilson, and I followed her from venue to venue. And I was with her for a long time. She was based in a gym at one point in time at Bannatines, and she left that gym to go somewhere else, and I didn't know where she was. So we've lost contact for a little while, but I continued going to yoga classes. And then in 2018, we reconnected, and I discovered that she was running a yoga school And I had got to the point in my personal practices that I was ready to take that a little bit further. And I was thinking of perhaps becoming a yoga teacher, but I wasn't quite sure. And as soon as we reconnected, I just thought, you know what, you can put things off for a lifetime and end up regretting it. So I just did it. I trained with Morag. She was absolutely amazing. And so I set up as a yoga teacher January 2020. And three months later, (laughs) I finished again because obviously we went into lockdown and then I was poorly. And then I thought I would never be a yoga teacher again because of the way it hit me. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite a roller coaster. I started up my classes again June last year. And thankfully, that's it's all worked out brilliantly. The last year has been really successful for me. So that's good. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with COVID from the time you had it and expand a little bit more about what you were saying at the beginning of this life? 
Yeah, sure. Because I work in a school, obviously, we were working from home for a long time. And then August 2020, we went back into the school building and restrictions were put in place. We were all very careful. Our head teacher was really conscientious. He made sure that everything was followed by the rule. But unfortunately, it's the nature of the virus. We were going to catch it at some point or another. It's, it can't be helped as, as much as we were wearing masks and keeping distance and what have you. I was about to say, I worked with kids in school schools and not to the extent that you know you as a primary school assistant does or, or the teachers do and I always had the flu at the beginning of the term anyway. It goes with the job yeah every, every time you go back to work after a break you get a cold or you get a flu or a cough there's always something going around sickness bugs at Christmas that that was always one but yeah so me and my colleague both caught it at the same time we were working in the same class there were actually four adults in the school that got it at that point and it was really interesting because two of them went back to work after three weeks I didn't go back to work until four months after I caught it and my colleague was another couple of months after that so it was interesting we wondered did we have a different strain we just don't know but yeah so I I woke up on the Saturday morning I felt unwell and my husband said to me if you're in any doubt whatsoever get a test so i did but i didn't think that i had caught covid because i was so careful so careful so about 12 hours later the notification came through to say yes i had tested positive so that was quite a shock and again this was in the early days still so there was a lot of fear surrounding the virus none of us knew how it was going to affect us you heard all sorts of nasty stories about it so the first few days weren't too bad. And I thought if it stays like this, it will be manageable. Within a few days after that, a cough started, but it was nothing too serious. By day 10, I was absolutely flawed. It was worse than I ever imagined. And not because of a cough or flu-like symptoms. I had never felt anything like it. I felt so ill. I felt as if my battery had been unplugged and was just running down daily. By week three, um, I had chronic muscle weakness. I just couldn't do anything. I had blinding headaches. I lost my sense of taste and smell. I've actually written a list here of things that happened. So it just went for my central nervous system. So I was fatigued, muscle weakness. I was dizzy, had a loss of balance. I had tinnitus low mood, anxiety and insomnia, blinding headaches, my vision was affected, uh, my sense of taste and smell had gone, but when they came back, I could regularly smell cigarettes. It was as if someone had put an ashtray underneath my nose. And this just went on and on, and I just couldn't see how I was gonna recover from this. I kept phoning the doctor, obviously at that point in time, we couldn't see a doctor. I didn't even speak to a doctor in all that time. I could only speak to the receptionist. And the receptionist would say, I'll write you another sick line. And so I just was given sick line after sick line. And eventually I was reading up about long COVID. And again, I was really fearful. I was reading about these poor people that couldn't get out of bed, who'd had it in that first wave, March 2020, were still severely impacted by it. And so it, it really scared me. So I eventually spoke to the receptionist at the doctors and said, I really need to speak to someone. I need someone to help me with this. And a lovely doctor phoned me back. And for some people, this might not have been helpful, but for me, it was. He listened to what I said. 
and he said to me there is so much that we're still discovering about this virus he said you obviously have some sort of post viral issue going on here but i don't like to label it so rather than saying you have long covid i would say that you're having a bad reaction to the virus that you have had i've spoken to other people that have had long covid and some of them said no i wanted it recognized as long covid i felt reassured that he wasn't necessarily putting that label on it because to me that felt it felt hopeful that i would recover i know it probably doesn't really make sense but to me it did at the time in that kind of fearful state and this just went on and on my yoga teacher morag was doing zoom classes as we all were at the, at the time and she just said to me you know come on just come to as many classes as you can even if you just lay down on your mat come and absorb the energy it will still make a difference and i feel that i got more help from my yoga teacher than i did the doctor i just got sick line after sick line and and that was it that might be a bit of help knowing that somebody verified your absence from work before i was diagnosed with systemic lupus i was off work for 16 weeks back to back and that mm. was very painful what happened was i had a shrinking lung syndrome so there was a lot of back pain upper back pain and tightness around the chest i couldn't cough i couldn't laugh i couldn't do anything i couldn't breathe for that matter at the time anyway so what i'm trying to say is that in those 16 weeks it felt like an abyss of nothing and i'm glad that you found some comfort from another professional like morag what um what has what did she recommend for you to do in order to find comfort in your recovery from covid first of all she had said she had messaged me and said look if you can join me on zoom she was doing classes every day on zoom and bless her because i was newly qualified she wasn't charging me for any of this she still considered this part of our training just come just keep going So once she found out that I was poorly and that I was really struggling with it she said like I say even if you just join the Zoom class and lay on your mat it's better than nothing at least you're with people she'd created a real Zoom community it wasn't just a case of clicking on doing the class and leaving again she encouraged conversation she she gave me the space to talk about what I was going through because at this point in time there weren't many people that I knew had it so it was still that bit of a not a novelty that's maybe not the right word but for people to gain some understanding on how it could affect you it was actually quite helpful to people so morag did two classes in particular one was a chair class and the other one was a restorative class i think the first one i did was the restorative class and i literally laid crying into my bolster <laughs> because i couldn't do much but it did make me feel so much better and then the chair class was lovely because this was a specific chair class that Morag had run for a long time a lovely group of people from all walks of life so maybe people that have disabilities maybe people that have injuries maybe people that are elderly and then me and i like i say she created a community so i was welcomed into this class and it was really lovely actually and and i was able to do it i was able to join in and i could feel the impact of that class immediately i remember one particular movement we did we were just slowly raising the arms up out to the sides our palms were spread we were lifting high and then taking it up into a high namaste and i can remember feeling a significant change in my energy 
And I spoke to Morag at the end and I said, I cannot believe that some people think it's just a chair yoga class, that it's easy, but the impact that it had was unbelievable. And that, again, it gave me that little glimmer of hope. If I can feel that good in that moment, then I can get better. I can recover. I'll just keep, if the prescription is working, just keep it going. So that's what I did. Chair class, restorative class. And then I joined Morag ordinary yoga classes, but I had the chair next to me as well. So anytime I needed to sit down, I would just sit down and join in as best I could, but with using the chair as the prop. And it was great. Like I say, I got more from that than I did from a doctor. So it, yeah, it just worked. <laughs> There is a certain magic about the teacher delivering the classes, in my honest opinion, because our energy is really what we are sharing with our students. And part yes. of that is really to give them the opportunity to slow down and pay attention to themselves and what is happening. And it doesn't it really doesn't matter what kind of asana you do. You're right. You're going to bring your arms up and open, but how that is cued and how it's fine, that is really the dialogue and the cueing plays a big part on how we make the other person feel. And I'm glad that you are saying all those things because I want other teachers to understand that the value in the classes is not just in the poses. So can you share a few tips of how those classes helped you and maybe other yoga teachers and students can take away from those tips that you share? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because it impacted me greatly. And I think that as yoga teachers, we're always learning. We know that we're always learning. And I had become, like I said, it was a difficult time. We'd been in lockdown. I'm in Scotland. My family are in the south of England. And my father was very vulnerable as well. So they were, my mum and dad were, were shielding. We'd had to keep away from them. So I hadn't seen them at this point for uh, about a year. And we were used to seeing each other pretty frequently, either them coming here or me, us going there. So that was very difficult. My husband's business was failing. We were heading for another lockdown. It was cold, it was winter, it was horrible. And so I, it wasn't just COVID, I had all this other stuff sitting there. And I think what Morag did for me was she understood that there was more going on than maybe I was saying, but we didn't even need to have that conversation. She worked with me in a group class setting and okay, it was on Zoom, it's still a group class setting, but there were times when I felt that class was tailored for me. And I know it wasn't, but there were other people in that class with all those different needs. But if she made me feel like that, she would have made all those other people feel like that. Other people that were maybe shielding, other people that, like I say, have disabilities or injuries. Life can be tricky enough with a chronic illness or a chronic condition let alone when we're then put into lockdown and then out again and then in and out and then heading for another complete lockdown. It, it was a difficult time. And I think the other thing that Morag did was she normalized the use of props. So she normalized the use of a chair in an ordinary class. She normalized the fact that I could lay down and just rest if I needed to. She normalized the use of props. And that's something that she has always done. She always taught us that props enhance your practice. Props are not telling you that you're not good enough. So she just normalized everything. 
in a time that was anything but normal. <laughs> and I think that's what we can do as, as yoga teachers is to find those areas where someone is maybe struggling and not to make them feel less than, but to make them feel very much included and very much wanted in class as well. You know, the, there's times I'm sure when you feel, God, I'm slowing this class down or I'm being a pest or but I never felt that in Morag's class. I never felt that I was an inconvenience. Yeah, I agree with that. But I also, I was thinking while you were saying that I felt a little bit more at home in my home when I was attending online classes. Was that the case for you as well? But you did return to in-person classes anyway, didn't you? Yes, yes, eventually, yes. But yeah, I actually got to the point where I felt, right, Gemma, it's time to get back out into the world because I had become very comfortable in my own home. Uh, I was doing, it sounds bliss, doesn't it? I was doing yoga every day. I'd gone back to doing some gentle art, some painting, some sketching. I was walking every day. It was a very peaceful life after such a lot of turmoil. But I knew that wasn't real life. And I started to feel a lot better in myself. So the next step was then to walk out of the front door and start going back into the outside world. And can I tell you, it was terrifying. I did not want to catch this virus again. So I had a real phobia. I became very phobic about where I would go and where I wouldn't go. I had two lots of counselling to get me through that. The job that I have at school, I'm working very close one-to-one -one with children. I found that difficult. I couldn't be in a corridor because there were lots of people there. I found life very difficult, very difficult for, quite, for a long time, actually. And I wouldn't say that's completely over. It's much, much better than it was. But it took a second lot of counselling at the beginning of this year to get me. And yes, I started back up. At, I started my own yoga classes back up. But with very strict regulations, that was fine because that was how the world was running anyway, with masks and two metre distancing and what have you. And I've actually kept a lot of that in my class now. I say to people that the mask is up to them, it's optional, um, but I'm happy to wear a mask, not during my practice and moving around the building, what have you. I still distance people out because I think that sense of space around your mat is quite important anyway. And if I have had phobias about the virus, then I know that I won't be the only, only person. So again, I want to be, I want to be inclusive in my classes. I don't want to pack lots and lots of people in and have people feel uncomfortable so i'm still keeping that spacing i empathize entirely because in a way i have been i've been there done that <laughs> and it's, it even took me up until the summer one of the one of the little goals that i had set myself was to take my daughter to the theater she was desperate to go and see hamilton in london's west end and i was desperate to take her i was desperate to see it as well and I had just considered, and I think bless her because she saw what I went through and she is very empathetic. She understood. She just assumed that's something that we wouldn't do. So with my counsellor, we made that a goal of mine that I was going to book these tickets. And OK, I wasn't happy to go into London on a train with no mask. And so my counsellor said, so why don't you do it? go with a mask, even if you have to sit with five masks on? Do life your way as long as you're comfortable with it. Yes. And we did it. We caught 
train into London. We had a super day. We went, walked into that theatre. I could actually cry while I'm telling you this. And we kept our masks on for the whole thing. I didn't actually care. I don't worry about wearing a mask. It's not an issue. It was like a comfort blanket for me. I booked a ticket so that I knew that I would be on the end of an aisle so that I wouldn't have someone at the other side of me. I would have my daughter next to me. And then the guy that was sitting next to my daughter walked in and he was the only other person in that theater wearing a mask. And I just sat there and I thought, oh my God, us three were meant to sit together. This was meant to be. And that was a huge step for me that uh, I am emotional in telling you this because because I, I really didn't think that I would get back to being that person. I know people know that I have struggled, but I don't think they realize how huge that struggle was. I really truly empathize because the first time I went to the cinema was on my birthday this year, and that's two years plus on. Yes. So <laughs> it's like I so you can get just listening to you going, oh my God, maybe I needed counseling too. Do you know what? Do you know what? It was funny because I had counseling just after I had COVID the first time because I was in such a horrible place in general, despite the COVID, I just felt I needed something. But when I had it this time round, this year, um, it was when it was just December, Christmas time, when suddenly it was all springing up again. It was all kicking off. And the school I work in, just about everyone had caught it at that point. And I spoke to another yoga teacher called Susie Bolt, who has done an awful lot of work with long COVID and yoga. And we were talking about that it was such a big thing again and it was setting everyone's emotions off. And I said, it's really making me think that I need some more counselling on this. And she said, then get some. Yes. And again, it's normalising. She actually gave me permission. She validated how I was feeling just by saying, then get some, my lovely. And that, that sentence has stuck in my head. I'm getting quite emotional telling you this. But... She didn't even, she didn't say, I get it, or I know how you feel. Just get some counselling. If that's what you think you need, then get it. And it made so much sense. And immediately I got that sorted. I booked it in. And yeah, I think that's something that COVID or no COVID, we should be normalising if we need help. We get or it. We should this be normalising the fear that some people have because of the virus, yeah. 100%. Yes, yes. I did get counselling and yes, I didn't get COVID. But knowing mm -hmm. what other people with a kidney transplant ha mm -hmm. went through in their recovery and the fear yeah. that my transplant may fail if I get it, yeah. how do I know? Yeah. Yes, and, exactly. And I didn't want to feel like I did before my lupus diagnosis. Being breathless is horrible. <laughs> it's just horrible. <laughs> being in yeah. pain is horrible. Yeah, there was a lot of things that I wasn't prepared to experience. So even with that thinking our realities are thinking anyway even with that thinking and I didn't even have to go to school so yeah I empathize entirely about what you went through and I'm so glad that you're here to share that and to share your experience with long COVID even if you didn't want to call it yeah I'm at the point now where I can accept yes I did have your long COVID <laughs> just because you recovered uh, from it it doesn't well I don't know, have you recovered fully from it, actually? That's a good question. I would say that last summer, I went for a walk. The sun was out. I live in a lovely little area by the coast, and we have some lovely woodland areas near us. And I went for a walk, and I thought to myself, 
I think I have fully recovered. I feel good. And that was probably July last year. And then at the end of July this year, I caught it again. <laughs> so I'm now back to, I am not 100%, mm -hmm. but I am so grateful that it didn't end up like it did before. I'm still getting headaches and I'm still fatigued, but I'm managing. I have to pace myself a bit. I've not had to take any time off. So I haven't had to take any time off work. I did have to take time from my yoga. So I was ill for a week. I tested positive for seven days and then I took another two weeks off after that to recover. And then the week after that, we started back at school. So I thought in for a penny, let's go back to school. Let's pick up the yoga. Um, but I have noticed that I've had to take it easy. I've noticed some breathlessness. I've noticed some muscle fatigue and some brain fog, <laughs> but on the whole, I'm okay. But yeah, not quite 100%, but it's nothing like it was before. So that's the positive. I'm so glad that you are on, on your way to full recovery, it seems. And I'm so glad to hear that it can be quite stressful to be sick for so long because it starts affecting part of your being in my experience. But I don't know whether that is yours also. I did. My husband was working from home and he's just fantastic. He does everything. He's quite happy to do the dishes, do the cooking. And at one point in time, he was doing everything. And he had been poorly as well, not to the extent that I was, but he it did take him a long time to recover. His lungs were very much affected. He had some scarring showing up on his lungs through an x-ray. So his COVID journey was different, but it was still there. So I did feel like a burden. But I also realized, and that probably took me until the beginning of this year when I had the counseling, that I was identifying through the illness. I was identifying as that person that had, and I suddenly thought to myself one day, I don't know why I'm still holding on to this the way I am, because by then I was recovered. And I understand now that there was still some healing to do on that. That's when I went for the counseling. But I, I still was very much identifying as that person who'd had long it was as if I couldn't let it go uh, I don't know if that was because there was resentment there there were so many feelings around the whole thing but I yeah a burden definitely when I started to feel better that left but yeah I was still identifying as that person that had been so ill and I didn't really see what I was gaining from that in the end that was a, a good realization that I needed there was still a part of it that I needed to let go of Absolutely. I, attachment. I have to work on that myself in order to make strides in, the, in different directions yeah. or bigger strides in life as well. Yeah. It comes with the territory of chronic illness, unfortunately, whether yeah. that is uh, COVID, whether it is uh, something more chronic like myself, systemic lupus. So what is your takeaway from our discussion today? It's been really lovely to talk to you today, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you. It's been lovely to speak to you. I was thinking that, and I've actually said this to, to Morag, my yoga teacher, that we, as yoga teachers, we can't go through these experiences and not learn anything, not take anything from it. And it was a big part of me that felt so aggrieved that I had ended up in such a state because I was probably the fittest and the healthiest I'd ever been because during that first lockdown, we were doing the Joe Wicks PE sessions every day. We were, once we got that little bit more freedom, we were running, we were walking every day, we were riding our bike. So I was, and obviously yoga every day. So I was very fit and healthy. And I went from this yoga teacher that could do all sorts of wonderful, I shouldn't say that wonderful asana, to someone that 
<laughs> someone that could only sit in a chair. And I, I thought, I can't even do a downward facing dog anymore. It's too strong for me. But sometimes you get taken back to see how far you've come. And sometimes you get taken back so that you can use your experiences to support other people. And I definitely feel that I, it was such a learning experience for me. And it probably has changed the way that I teach. I've had people that have had in my classes that have had COVID and just come back, absolutely no problem. But then I've had people that have come to me and said, I still feel really tired and my head's still really sore and I still just don't feel 100%. And so then I can tailor classes. I can add bits in. I can adjust for them. I can, there's so much that you can do. So yeah, I, I really feel that I have learned an awful lot, which is why I felt when I saw your post on Facebook with regards to the podcast, I thought, yes, actually, I, I do have a story to tell. It's, and and it's, it goes off in, it's not just my experience. It's now other people's experience because I can have them in my class and I can, like you say, empathize. I can understand.